Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, some unlikely heroes for the Lakers as they stun Memphis and take a 1-0 series lead. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on weekends, particularly during the playoffs. Always free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube with 15,000 subscribers is where you can go to talk to other fans, uh, Lakers fans, NBA fans, about what's going on with the team. Uh, leave messages for us. We like to communicate. We use your stuff on the show, which we'll be doing a lot. Uh, this week throughout the the first round of the playoffs as we get ready for game two on Wednesday, Andy. Uh, game, uh, I do want to let people know first that uh, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match on up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Um, Sunday was a good day for the Lakers and for Lakers fans. 128-112, they take game one, which I did not honestly think that was going to happen i thought they had it i thought game two andy was the one that they really had a chance to go uh to go get in memphis uh the grizzlies are the best home team in the nba this year well all the talk about golden states home road splits andy memphis was better um this was phenomenal <laughs> i mean just a fantastic result yeah this was a game where you could point to a lot of lakers doing really good things, including some of their role players stepping up in ways that either you've literally never seen because in the case of Austin Reeves, this was his playoff debut and one hell of a debut it was. Uh, you could say it was a case that you'd barely seen because Rui Hachimura, who in this game tied a franchise record for points off the bench. He had 29 in this game, tied our buddy Michael Thompson who in 1988 had 29 off the bench. And if you are looking for omens, the Lakers won a championship that year. That was one of the years Showtime went back-to-back. -back. Also, D'Angelo Russell with a solid 19 points, seven uh, assists. And in the case of D'Lo, he is both coming off a god-awful play-in game against the Timberwolves. And the last time we saw D'Angelo Russell in the playoffs, it was against these same Grizzlies and D'Lo was not particularly good and it has led to a lot of questions about D'Lo as a playoff player. Uh, combine that with Hachimura having only played five playoff games leading up to this point and there yeah, was you, just... you mentioned like you know things that people haven't seen like you know Rui's been in the playoffs but let's be honest Andy particularly if you're like a Laker fan you you didn't see that you weren't watching the the Wizards play the Sixers in 2021 you weren't doing that so yeah. you didn't see that from Rui either even if it happened they actually well, had a pretty good series but that's not the point no it's not I mean if nothing else though beyond the fact who cares about the Wizards it's it it's not a, a sample size. And no. really, frankly, has been a question. He's been a player with a lot of question marks uh, throughout his career. This is before you even get into LeBron and AD, but just the foundation that was laid in part 
because of the Laker role players. These are the type of things that you look for when you are a team looking to make a playoff run, much less a team like the Lakers that for a lot of the season, the playoffs seemed like an especially tall order to begin with. Yeah, well, we're going to unpack a lot of this stuff. And we're going to tell you, you know, the fourth quarter, you mentioned all three of those guys, D'Lo, uh, Rui, and Austin Reeves. We'll get into that, you know, kind of a, when you really break it down and look at some of the numbers, a remarkable fourth quarter for the Lakers, uh, both stylistically and based on who, you know, who produced. I want to talk a little bit about Darvin Ham and I think the importance of getting this series off on a really good foot for the Lakers. Um, but you mentioned Andy, and we got to talk about John Morant too, who uh, may not be able to play in game two on Wednesday, although uh, there is a lot of time between now and Wednesday. And so hopefully he will be healthy. That is not uh, a loss. He hurt his hand in the fourth quarter. Um, and that is not something you want to see in a playoff like this, uh, even though it benefits the Lakers. So, but I, I want to start with AD because our last show, Going into the playoffs, our, our Friday uh, episode, we basically talked about the topic. We even, I think it was that was the title of the show was Is, is this a prove it series for AD? Um, somebody who has the talent to be a game changer, one of the great players in the NBA, but isn't always reliable in that regard. He got off to a, an amazing start in this game. He was controlling the defensive the defensive side for the Lakers. I think he had three blocks in the first like two minutes of the game. Yes, he did. Um he was it was it was stunning to watch. He was effective offensively. He was engaged on that side of the ball. Um if you wanted to find out like what kind of game Anthony Davis is going to bring and how how effective he uh, planned on being, you got a real quick taste. If, he was, if this is a prove-it series, he went in and proved it early. Yeah, AD finished the game with 22 points, 12 rebounds, 7 blocks, 3 assists, 3 steals. He, just, he was a beast on both ends. I, I have no idea how many shots he bothered in the lane, but a All lot of them. would be the answer. If he, he was induced, on the floor, he bothered it. Yeah, he induced Desmond Bain into a travel, defending him in isolation, and you could just see all the different ways he was impacting this game from the start. But then towards the end of the first half, he ends up tangled up under the basket with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and gets this shoulder stinger that in the beginning looked really bad. And you could read his lips. He said something to the effect of, I can't move my arm. Like, I cannot move my arm at all. Darvin Ham pulled him out of the game. He said afterwards that he told the medical staff, just take him in back right now, start working on him. And your mind, you can't help having seen all these different trials and tribulations with Anthony Davis thinking, I cannot believe this is happening yeah. again. Game one. Like, when he's playing and he's playing so well. And it was, it was interesting. Like, you know, the, the halftime show, and this is a, an ABC ESPN game. Um, the halftime show is Stephen A. Smith and Wilbon, I think, and you know, I forget who else is in the room. But Stephen Jaylen A. Rose, Mike Greenberg. Yeah, Stephen A. is basically saying what every Laker fan is thinking. Like this guy is incredibly talented. He's can be incredibly dominant, but you can't rely on him to be on the floor. Is he going to make it through 
Like the Lakers can make a title run, but is Anthony Davis can be able to play enough games to make that possible? You cannot. He's just always getting hurt. And, you know, I think you tweeted me at halftime or texted me at halftime because you noticed that uh, Anthony Davis and Mr. Glass <laughs> were trending. Yeah, I, I, tweeted at, like, I, I tweeted out at Cam Brothers, sports are goddamn cruel, man, because the trending things at the moment were Anthony Davis, Mr. Glass, hashtag Lake Show, street clothes. I mean, that is just brutal. And look, Stephen A, during this rant he was going on, he made it clear. He's like, look, I'm not questioning the guy's toughness. I'm not questioning his willingness to get back on the floor. I just love watching the guy play, and I just keep wondering, like, is this greatness ever going to be sustainable on right. a season-in, season-out, game-in, game-out basis? doesn't matter how good you are if you're not on the floor. And... You know, you know, Rui Hachimura talked about it um, after the game. Everybody's like, when they were asked about, like, well, what did you do from the first half, second half adjustments here? That was like, we're like, well, we weren't really sure if Anthony Davis was going to play. So, like, the players weren't sure. And then he comes out and he starts the second half. And you know, after the after the break, let's. I want to I want to talk more about this because the it's an inflection moment, both for the it's for for the game for the Lakers season, for this series, and for Anthony Davis himself in really important ways. Um, and that he came out and not only did he start this, you know, the third quarter on the floor, played really well for the rest of the game. So we'll do that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks and Laker fans. If you haven't signed up for Prize Picks yet, you are missing out on daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer the superstar players, they offer the bench players, who in this particular case scored like superstar players. And either way, you just pick two to six players and predict if they will notch more or less than the Prize Picks stats projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money. And Prize Picks offers projections on everything from MLB to the PGA to disc golf. Just use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's safe, fast withdrawals. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com. Sign up today, play daily fantasy sports. And first-time users, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. Do not forget, again, that promo code locked on at your sign-up for the instant match. If you're not playing prize picks, you don't know what you're missing. Um, so this was a really interesting box score for the Lakers because uh, the the stat was first time the Lakers have had four 20 point scores since 1988. Um, and so you got to go back a ways and in know, a playoff play game or period uh, playoff game in a playoff. game. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was Hachimura with 29, Austin Reeves, with 23 LeBron with uh, Davis with 22 and LeBron with 21. And, you know, for a lot of the game, it was it was two late buckets that ruined the game was essentially over when AD had them that really uh, that got him over 20 points and put him as the third leading scorer in this game instead of the fourth. And it's so interesting to me because, Andy, we talk about um, so many games where AD puts up, you know, 29 and, you know, whatever, 31 points. And like, God, he scored a lot, but I didn't feel him in this game. This game, he was sitting on 17 for much of the fourth quarter. And you felt it like this was like there was no way whether they won, they lost, whatever. You were going to leave this game thinking that Anthony Davis didn't do his part. And that includes coming back 
and you know that to me is a bit of a narrative changer like really feeling his impact even when he's not scoring um but also after this shoulder injury you put those two things together and this constantly evolving constantly churning conversation about anthony davis at least between now and wednesday has a lot of really good stuff behind it yeah it's funny when he came back into the game you know he started the he started the third quarter out with the rest of the starters yes and his first possession he was starting to post up and he turned the ball over and my immediate thought was like, oh, man, is this going to be one of those things where he's doing the inspirational thing by coming back out there and, you know, wanting to be there for his team. But that shoulder is just dead. Mm-hmm. And he no, can't I thought, do the, I thought exactly it. the same thing. Like, Absolutely. I'm like, is he going to is he going to have to play left handed? Like, you know, and no disrespect to A.D., but he ain't Kobe. You know, like there'd be those games where Kobe played left handed and it was incredible. But at the same time, like Kobe's the guy that does those sort of things. But or, even when Kobe did, it was still suboptimal. <laughs> it was suboptimal, but he was, you know, Kobe would make it about as optimal as suboptimal. It was really cool, but it was suboptimal. But then it only took a couple more possessions for AD to score with that right arm to grab some rebounds. You're like, okay, he just he looks like AD. This was just a turnover. And the significance of Anthony Davis. Coming back into this game, I know it was not lost on fans because we heard the reaction of oh, them, yeah. you know, at Cam Brothers on Twitter, flipping out and thinking, "Here we go again." And Laker fans, for reasons that are very understandable, are quick to hit the panic button with Anthony Davis, quick to hit the skepticism button with Anthony Davis. This was a game that you could feel as it went on, the respect from Laker fans because they recognized he came back and he continued playing hard and he showed toughness that has often been questioned with AD. Yeah, and I mean, I, I appreciated that, Stephen A. clarified. It's like nobody thinks he's faking it. Um, and I don't even think Lakers fans, and I, and I don't like the whole, you know, like John Morant, for example, the the X-rays after the game, again, I, I consider this a good thing. I want a good series, and you want John Morant to play. He's one of the most exciting players in the NBA. Um, the X-ray came back negative. You talk about pain tolerance. People talk about pain tolerance like it's just a matter of like your mental will, as if pain doesn't impact what you're doing. If the bone isn't broken, um, you know, you should just be able to suck it up and play through the pain. Your body doesn't work that way. Your body doesn't just turn off pain signals because it's the playoffs. Like, you know, you can't run as fast. You can't jump as high. You can't lift your arm in the same way. Your body will stop you from doing those things. And so, you know, it's just pain tolerance is a rough way to go. It's just, there's this matter of like when you need him the most, like your superstar players are the people that you could rely on when you need them the most. And the feeling when the, in that moment was up, oh, he's not a guy we can rely on. I think people have really seen in the last month or so how much he wants to change that conversation, but it's not easy to do. And so much of it is out of, out of his control because I mean, he's still relatively injury prone and we still all watch him with our fingers crossed and get terrified every time he hits the floor. Um, but man, coming back from this one on Sunday was was awesome to see. Yeah, I mean he his he has a body that doesn't always cooperate. 
You know, he he has an incredibly skilled and gifted body that does not always cooperate when it when it comes to absorbing impact, when it comes to quick recoveries from injury, all of that, all of that Keeping stuff. Keeping the but, the parts, you know, connected in the right way. I mean, right, the human but, body is not meant to be Anthony Davis's size doing stuff that Anthony Davis does. No, but I mean it, it, Suffice to say, and we'll get into more about Anthony Davis certainly tomorrow and as the series goes along, the guy was absolutely fantastic and real. We, we had heard of, there's a, one of our Twitter follows, and, and we know him a bit from our work uh, on 710, uh, Crypto Ray, at Crypto Ray. He made an observation a couple weeks ago that the Lakers are most convincing. He tweeted this to us at Cam Brothers. The Lakers are most convincing when Anthony Davis is their leading scorer. And this was not a game where he was a leading scorer, but this was a game where he was as impactful yep. as anybody on the court. And by extension, this was a game where the Lakers were a really convincing team. Be beyond job yeah. absence down the stretch, which and let's let's right, because let's get into that because you know, part of what made this so effective is that the fourth quarter, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who were playing well, I don't want to make this sound like these guys disappeared. They were shooting and not scoring. Like they were playing well uh, mm -hmm. but on both sides of the ball. I thought LeBron, you know, for all the talk we've had about is how, what's he doing defensively these days? I thought he had a really good game on Sunday. Yes, he did. Um, yes, he did. Played very well on Sunday. But LeBron and Anthony Davis had one basket each until LeBron uh, until AD had those two late buckets that I was talking about earlier. Um, that was just fine. It wasn't because they were missing shots. It wasn't because LeBron was essentially playing off ball for most of the fourth quarter, certainly down the stretch. Once uh, you know John Morant was out with that hand injury, about six minutes to go, the Lakers for the mo the, the bulk of the fourth quarter played through. Austin Reeves as the primary ball handler, initiating plays, kicking out to Rui Hachimura, doing all that stuff. And the results uh, were very good for the Lakers and uh, very good for those two guys who were uh, bolstering their offseason asking prices following uh, Sunday's games. But it was remarkable to see the Lakers operating with LeBron James and Anthony Davis off the ball in the ways that they were and operating so effectively in that fourth quarter, throwing D'Angelo Russell as well. Um, and if you're looking for good signs for the Lakers, that is certainly one of them because the, you know, the, how are these guys going to perform? How's the depth, all that kind of stuff. It really came through in the fourth quarter on Sunday. Yeah. We'll get into more details about it probably in, in the final segment of the show, but one Big overarching thing that stuck out to me was after the game, LeBron was asked about, you know, extending that type of trust to those three, D'Lo, Rui, and Reeves down the stretch and, and really letting them take command of the game. In the, in the fourth quarter, Austin Reeves had 14 points, including nine in succession. He had two assists. He made every shot he attempted. Uh, Rui Hachimura had six uh excuse me, nine points in, in the fourth quarter. D'Angelo Russell was out there, I think, greasing the wheels and being an important part of keeping everything moving. And LeBron talked about it in part because, you know, this is a way that he likes to lead, you know, by building up confidence in, as he puts it, my guys. 
And he could see that this was working. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And he trusts these guys to do the right thing down the stretch. And there is no question that for D'Lo and for Rui, you know, and LeBron said Rui has been going up to him a lot Mm -hmm. since getting traded here, asking him for advice, asking him for things that he can do better. How can I help this team? And, you know, Austin Reeves has made it very clear over the years how much uh, LeBron's confidence in him means. So for all three of those guys, it's a big pick-me-up. But there's a practical element to this, too. The energy LeBron does not have to expend down the stretch of a game, taking it over, or frankly, all four quarters in this game. You know, LeBron played hard. He played engaged, all that. But this was not a game where he had to carry a thing. This is energy he can preserve for the rest of this series and for however long the Lakers are in the playoffs. All of those minutes, all of that energy adds up when you are LeBron James, 38 years old in season 20. There's a practical element of being able to let the other guys take it home. Like that, and, that is significant for LeBron. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's too, it's also from a strategic standpoint, I'm not sure LeBron like went into the, like, I don't think anybody in the building in the first quarter figured that LeBron wouldn't be on the ball in the fourth quarter. And I'm including LeBron um, in that equation, <laughs> but what it, what you have here is a situation where now it's like, Oh geez, like this, this kind of changes the way we have to, scout the Lakers the way we have to think about defending the Lakers because at any moment it's not like LeBron's still not there it's not like you can't go back to him um so I I just I think it was it was really significant from a scouting standpoint from a from a a strategic standpoint this is another thing now that the the Grizzlies have to really account for um in playing the Lakers is this notion of uh, Austin Reeves as a as a as a ball handler in the fourth quarter, D'Angelo Russell on the ball, and LeBron James away from it. Now, what do we do? What do we do if the Lakers come up, you know, start building out other things? It's just a lot to think about because typically you would assume that LeBron was going to be on the ball. I, know, I guarantee you that's what everybody on the the Grizzlies sideline thought um, in the first half would happen in the second. But let's uh, a few more things about this finish. I want to talk about Darvin Ham a little bit. Uh, and the importance of getting off to a good start. Um, so we will do all of those things next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a tasty treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, you got to try yourself a Built Bar. I'm somebody who's actually pretty conscious about eating healthy. I try to offset the other areas where I'm not doing my body as right in terms of you know just eating well, eating healthy. But at the same time, I want healthy to taste good because otherwise, what's the point? You're like, you know. You only live so long. You might as well enjoy the taste of it. And that's why Built Bars are so helpful for this quest. They are covered, as always, in 100% real dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is my personal preference. It's the better chocolate. And the Built Bars come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They taste deceptively like a candy bar, but only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. And that's the good stuff. That's how you end up yoked, swole. And you don't even have to wait around for a, a box. Like we've talked for years about ordering your built bars at built.com. And that is great if you're patient, you know, you just want to kick back at home, wait around. But what if I'm hungry you, now? What if you're hungry now? Just go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, they're right there, or go to a Sam's Club. However, you want to get your built bars, pick up a box of assorted flavors and enjoy. Um, 
I I just I also the, the last thing I, I wanted to mention about this fourth quarter is and I, I don't expect that it would like LeBron would like I like that LeBron also had this sort of you know, like you said, whether it's the confidence, the trust, with all this this stuff, but like as he said after the game, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like the Lakers really were picking at this, these matchups when, you know, particularly when Ja left the game. Um and Tyus Jones is a very good player. Um yeah. And we're, you know, we'll talk certainly as the week goes on. We learn a little bit more about Ja. Like this series is not over if Ja can't play. Lakers no, have not. a massive opportunity, um, and that was what made Game One, I think, so critical. Is like if you get this was a really even game throughout, and the Lakers, the Grizzlies thought I think they were going to catch the break with Anthony Davis not finishing the game. AD comes back in. Now the Lakers have the opportunity to take a game on Memphis's floor because Jaw's not there down the stretch. No Jaw for the last six minutes of the game. You got to win that game. You have to. And the Lakers did. So I thought that was great. But I just liked how they kind of let it happen. Like this thing was working and the normal script is great. This thing is working, but your superstar gets the ball back for the last five minutes of the game. Lakers didn't do it. They just kept doing the things that were working and allowing Reeves, who was playing incredibly well, to keep doing it. Like that behind-the-back pass that I am sure every Lakers fan has seen three or four or five times by this point um, following the game to Hachimura for a made three was one of the coolest plays I've ever seen. And it was so good that it almost took me like he didn't did he just go behind the back on that play like that wasn't but that, I I missed and now I'm like no he did like that play was awesome and they just the stars got out of the way and let that stuff happen and I I wouldn't expect them to do differently because of the kinds of stars the Lakers have but it is so not the norm in the NBA for that game to have gone you know play by play the way it did well, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because LeBron talked after the game, like one of the only areas where the Lakers really needed to clean things up and really put themselves in some trouble was turnovers. Mo mm -hmm. Most notably in the second quarter, they had eight in the second quarter. They finished with 14. This was coming off of clean first quarter. They didn't turn the ball over at all. But LeBron noted that this was something that needed to get fixed, and he and AD were most guilty. He he had five himself. Austin Reeves had four assists, and it felt like more, to be honest, against zero turnovers. And I would never in a million years say that Austin Reeves is a better passer than LeBron James because that's bat bleep stupid. He's not, nor will he ever be. LeBron James is on par with the greatest passers that have ever picked up a basketball. And over the course of however long they play together as teammates, LeBron James will be a better passer than Austin Reeves because he just is. But in this particular game, Austin Reeves was actually passing better yes. than LeBron. LeBron, the last few games, to be totally honest, has been loose and careless with the ball, like very uncharacteristic stuff from LeBron that if I were to Even bet Mark on Jackson it, noted that on the broadcast. Yeah, look, if I were to bet on it, this ain't going to continue moving forward because it would be very out of character for LeBron. But for whatever reason, that's the place he's in right now. 
whether that was something LeBron was conscious of or not in terms of letting Reeves control some of the action down the stretch where Reeves was, to be perfectly honest, flat out brilliant, that's something that a star with a high basketball IQ and you know a sense of the bigger picture does. Like he, whether again, conscious or not, somebody was doing the thing that you expect from LeBron doing it better than LeBron. So you know what? Let him do it. It's fine. And he yeah. got Austin Reeves, you know, this game he played, this is his playoff debut, to say that he is getting himself off to a hell of a start in the postseason would be a massive understatement. After the game, Damian Lillard tweeted out, my bad, Reeves like that with the prayer hands emoji. Like there was a lot of peers from the NBA praising Austin Reeves after this game. You know, Mark Jackson said during the game, you know, Austin Reeves is no fluke. You're going to be seeing him for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I I was thinking about this because we had, we had talked before about how neither one of us doubted that, you know, Reeves could handle the playoffs or whatever, but you're still curious how somebody who's only in his second year undrafted does in this type of situation well he played yeah well, well on sunday I, I noticed actually uh newark arkansas where he's from is less than two hours away from memphis so this is like a home game or a home he said he had about a hundred and something games. people in the crowd that he knew he played like he was in a home setting and comfortable he was amazing he was absolutely amazing in this game Rui, who was by the way he noted after the game playing for a country you know, he said there are a lot of people up in the middle of the night watching him play. That's something he takes a lot of pride in. Desmond May noted afterwards, this is maybe the best game Rui's ever played. We'll see if he can do it for an entire series. Bain's correct about that, but Rui's been in a nice... He's, look, I bet that's the thing. One of the things we'll talk about for Tuesday's show is like, because this is always true, like of any playoff series. Well, what... If you're if you're the Lakers, what do you look at have having happened in that game and be like, I feel confident that that may or may not happen again. What do you feel nervous about? And I I am fairly confident that Rui Hachimura is not going to have another 11 of 14, 5 of 6, 29 point game. Um, but the point, it doesn't have to be. I, I think he can continue to play well, but there's playing well. And then there's what he did on Sunday. That was a nuclear career kind of day um and it happens like but and and i doubt he does it again in this series but it doesn't have to be him you know i mean the, it can be reeves having a, a another really good i mean uh, a, another really good shooting day or d going for 26 or uh michael bees michael beasley that would be weird malik bees <laughs> if michael beasley comes in and has a great series that would be legitimately unexpected malik beasley coming in and and you know, having a three three pointer first half, you know, hitting five in a game or so like that. Okay, I, that's not crazy. <laughs> I mean, he keeps his minutes, but we'll right, talk but about he only played ten. They, they they shortened the the rotation. Yeah, essentially played eight guys, which are you know, it's just what you do. And the ninth guy plays a little bit. Yeah, it was um, Troy Brown it was essentially right. the ninth guy. And you know, so they did that. And but like it, the the matchups could change, and the minutes allotment could change, and and all of those things. You know, Troy could have a random game where he has 14 points. It's like, 
it doesn't just have to be if Rui Hachimura can do this throughout. Dennis Schroeder only had seven points. That's not going to be his high point game of the series, I'm willing to bet. Um, so you feel really good about the Lakers' depth, and we'll get into a lot of this over the over the next couple of days um, because there are some things that I think are sustainable and some things that might not be for both teams. Uh, but the other thing, that, I mean, my last point on this one was I just thought it was really important for Darvin Ham to get off to a good start in this series. Um, and I at least... And I, you know, watching social media, watching the game, you'll see the comments and all that stuff. I was watching this going, I don't know if they're going to win. You know, fourth, midway through the fourth quarter, it's a close game. I'm like, I don't know if they're going to win or they're going to lose. I don't have a lot of complaints about what's been happening here. Um, I don't have a lot of complaints about the game plan. I don't have a lot of complaints about the rotation, about the choices of who goes in and who goes. Like, this is a pretty clean game Darvin coached on, on Sunday. And I, I think that agree. was important for him not to have any of these moments that all of us are talking about the next day wondering if darvin is up to it um it didn't happen no um before we go I, I, just letting people know as far as things we're going to be talking about uh on tuesday's show john ja morant not being there could present a different offensive wrinkle for the grizzlies that i think i do think is going to present some questions for darvin ham so uh, not going to get exactly into what that is, uh, keep people guessing a little bit, but I do think it's going to create some interesting choices for Darvin. But uh, I agree with you. I thought he did a good job in this game. I thought he's off to a good start in terms of his Lakers postseason coaching career. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show and engage with a community of Lakers and NBA fans of over 15,000 strong. Really appreciate all the support there. We will be combing these comments and uh, the last few days, the people have been leaving a lot of them. So there's a lot of combing going on. Um, but we will be trying to pull you know, insights, pull questions, pull things like that uh, for use throughout the week. Andy mentioned Tuesday's show, some of the things we have planned in terms of uh, talking uh, points that we want to get into for Tuesday's show, for Wednesday's show, leading into Game 3. Howard Beck is going to join us, the great Howard Beck. Um, so a great guest for, for uh, the lead-up to Game 3. Uh, and uh, all right, we'll see everybody on Tuesday.